Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put out important news. We're not talking about one piece of news, we're talking about four pieces of news. Rob Anson, CEO, Phobi AI, trades in Canada under FOBI for friends in the S, FOBIF. You know what they do, so we're not going to go into the intro that we typically do because we got four press releases to cover. Uh, Rob, welcome back, my friend. George, good to see you. Thanks for having me. Love having you back. How are things going at Phobia in general before we kind of get into this? Uh, last time we spoke, you said, George, we're cutting off all outgoing, outbound marketing because we've just got too much coming in on inbound and too much on the plate. Is that still the status of Phobia right now? Yeah, we've been pumping uh, things out, uh, new products, as you've seen, and new implementations and use cases and stuff. So now things are going very well and exactly how we figured they would start the year and we're seeing a huge transformation um you know i'm very excited to see the lift of a lot of the restrictions and whatnot with covid and management and all these uh convoys are are, are quite uh, quite something i mean it's pretty spectacular when you see what's happened and what's going on in ottawa and the revolt and change change is always good and leading in digital transformation exactly what we do. So it's uh, kind of another matrix moment. All right. So before we get into the, some of the press releases, I retweeted a tweet um, a couple, uh, last week. It was from David Phelps. It's up on the screen. So everyone will, everyone will see that. Um, it was a pretty successful uh, two-time founder, big web three guy, really knows his stuff, big following on Twitter. And he said, and people can see it on the screen, five years from now, 90% of our time will be spent on one app, our wallet, right? I mean, you've been talking to us about wallets and where they're going to go and why you've been so aggressive in acquisitions and deployments, right? Uh, now we got, it's always great though to hear from somebody else, right? Who may not be talking his book because someone can always say you or I are talking our book at the end of the day. Um, how prescient is that statement? 90% of our time we spend on one app, our wallet, and kind of put people into the framework because I still don't think people have it, their mind wrapped around it, how important the wallet's going to be to their daily lives. Well, it's, I, I would disagree. I think it's going to be a hundred percent. I mean, quite honestly, because the wallet acts as a gateway. And this is, as you've seen, you know, the microservices of which we build off of the native iOS and Android functionality. It's the interoperability that's going to connect all of our interests, all of our verified credentials from passport to driver's license to insurance, as you see that we're doing as well. Uh, it's going to be access and entry to venues and offices. Um, I would argue it's even higher than that, George. So apps on the way out for the most part, I mean, apps aren't going to go away. We you're still gonna have your Facebook app and Twitter app, and uh, obviously, but uh, I've I've seen app exhaustion, right? Yep. That why the wallet is where people are gonna say, look, I just want to do everything from one place. I get everything there, and 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 it knows me at the end of the day. So I'm not running a hundred different apps. Yes, the user adoption, appless is everything to us. I mean, this is the key to onboarding people, um, the web-based solutions. It, uh, it really is the way of the future. I mean, it's great. You know, I've been preaching this for the last uh, two years with you. Um, but 
it's yeah, it's becoming mainstream. We've we've seen what Apple and, and Google continue to push out, and we, we see where the world's going from, you know, digital identity um, right across the board. So it's we're well positioned, George. We're we're still continuing to lead in, in the wallet pass sector, um, and it's very interesting to see now that. Um, some of the larger groups are really trying to starting to appreciate what it is that we do and taking interest in our productization of the various innovation that we've developed from R&D now, as you've seen with PassPro and, and FanPass, um, it's truly limitless, the potential for this. And you are right, um, David is right. It will be everything that we do own and, and everything we do utilize will be wallet driven. And, and more importantly, uh, you're hearing that from your clients, prospective clients, everyone that's at the table, everyone that's incoming. I mean, are, have you seen a have you seen a, a shift? Because even though we know it was, we knew it was coming, are you seeing a real shift in attitudes towards the wallet where enterprise clients are saying, "Yeah, I got to get away from apps. I got to get away from this multi-platform uh, compatibility and all and hardware, software." Just put me into, just create a wallet solution for me. Are you seeing a big change in attitudes at the enterprise level? Because that's the key, right? It is, it is the key, but it, it's not really about um, elimination. What the, our apps, our wallet supports their existing infrastructure. You know, these organizations have spent millions of dollars on building out their app and managing their app and product releases and whatnot. We have ways now to connect the wallet experience to the app and vice versa. So that becomes very powerful. When we look at you know, experiential stuff, is, you know, explicitly that, um, that connectivity and interoperability amongst the two is key. People don't like change. Change is slow. You, know, you see some of these legacy industry, industries and in grocery and liquor retail and convenience running on you know, old legacy systems still. You know, people aren't usually comfortable with change. Change is coming. Those who adapt and embrace the technology will become the leaders. And yes, we are seeing a big shift in mindset and, you know, in any transformation, George, it's those who embrace win, those who resist become irrelevant and disappear. Well, and look, the, the just the four press releases alone in the last two weeks say a lot. So I'll just kind of go through the ones I find. We'll, we'll go through them, but... The first one I want to talk about is FanPass, right? So you released new digital FanPass, uh, which is, I'm reading off here, to provide professional athletes, entertainment as influencers with a new appless means to connect. And it's not just an idea. You're, you've, you're launching the first one partnership with uh, Adam Hadwin, a top Canadian PGA golfer. Um, given the fact that most celebrities, I, I'm sure the biggest ones have their apps, but most, most celebrities, athletes, entertainers, you know, they, they don't really have, or they're not really active with apps. How big of a, of a, of a, of a, uh, uh, sorry for the development is this, that you're going to them and saying, okay, we're making it easy for you. And how, what do you expect adoption to be like, given the fact you got a top guy like Adam signing on? Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's a few parts to this. I mean, yes, some of the groups, you know, or artists, musicians, however you want to put it, they have their own app, right? But it's the same side of it. What are we doing with that app? You know, with the wallet and, and FanPass, we can create all of the digitization of NFTs, 
for sports memorabilia and collectibles, of course. Okay, we're seeing this now with um, some ticket opportunities. Um, we've got now the ability to embed live streaming. And you have to understand these, these you know, artists or athletes or whoever, they've lost millions of dollars as a result of events being shut down over the last two years. So being able to um, you know, create new line revenue opportunities for them is obviously very appealing. Um, but it's really about the segmentation. It's creating that um, personalized engagement, access to exclusive content and media, uh, enter to win contests, promotions, invites, all of these things that aren't uh, capable to integrate into existing apps. Well, apps that, that's where I want to play devil's advocate. How come they can't do things like that in their existing apps? I think that's important for people at home to understand. Why can't I do contests and ticketing and all that? What is it about the wallet pass, the, the wallet that is so much more robust than, than apps? Yeah, they can do, of course, um, giveaways and promotions and stuff, George. I mean, anyone can do that, right? Yeah. It's the interoperability that we provide, right? It's the API integration capabilities as, as a tech company, of course. Apps are very costly uh, to manage, yeah. huge, right? They're like, we can, we can put it this way, you know, uh, check facts. We, we developed that in two or three days over the weekend and in one live right, in, in Las Vegas with a client, as you know, at Stratosphere. So apps, you know, are on two, three, four-week cycles of product releases. So the speed and agility um, that we have utilizing the native app, uh, our native wallet infrastructure, um, it can't compete. It's, it's, you know, wearing the anchor around the running shoes, as they say. You just simply can't keep keep up to the agility and speed. And you said something interesting earlier about integrating NFTs and other great things. Is that another reason why apps just can't keep up? Because we've become hyper-digitized in the last couple of years as a result of the pandemic, as a, as a result of COVID. And as a result, there's so much more, so many more things you can do in digital that's so valuable. NFTs, tokens, crypto, all those, all those, all those things that the apps just can't keep up. Or if I'm the developer for an entertainer or for a company, you know, that you're, you're just too many things that have to connect with my app. And I think it's almost impossible to do. What well, is, we got to remember the, the wallet acts is a gateway. I mean, what is the experience? It's the unification of various IT infrastructure that's already out there today. Um, as we've seen, you know, with COVID it's, ticket integration, it's PCR test results, it's you name it, game day promotions, programs, you know, it's, it's really the unification of that, um, you know, the assets of the venue or, or the individual, if you will, um, that we bring to the table. And that's the power of the wallet. You know, it's very light. That's the key thing. You're not having to download a number, another app, as you said, app uh, exhaustion, right? app fatigue, whatever you want to classify that as, uh, it's speed. Everything's about speed. I've got everything one stored. Place. One place. It's one, one tap, you know, access and entry. It's one tap loyalty, one tap payment. We can link all these things together. So what does that provide? Agile, streamlined experience. So you're launching uh, FanPass on March the 7th with, uh, with Hadwin. What's the plan after that? You know, uh, it's one thing to have 
great technology by the, like this, but what's your distribution model marketing to get out to athletes, celebrities, entertainers? Uh, do you, do you get, cause you guys are used to dealing with enterprise level yep. customers. So how do you, how do you pivot on that? We, well, it's not really pivoting. It's exposure. I mean, Adam carries a lot of weight. Uh, there's been great exposure. Yesterday we saw nationally for the various uh, newspapers, financial posts and others. We had several uh, agents reach out to us yesterday inquiring um, different artists reaching out as to how can I get involved with this or how can I utilize this? And it's really customization of George per se, right? What are your interests socially, product, um, you know, charity, all of these things. I mean, it's fully automated. One, once it's created, it populates. And two, it's all customizable about your interests. So your brand is obviously a lot different than mine. So there's that look and feel customization um, and the managed service on the back end as needed for some of the messaging and segmentation to users, fans, uh, or whatever they classify as. But that's run by the celebrities digital team, right? I can, or we have the managed service. You know, understandably, a lot of these, you know, artists and that, they don't run around with BI and uh, engineer teams. So the managed service element here is pretty big. The CPG manufacturing element will become a very large part of it, sponsorship. You know, it's that, uh, the, it's not just the event, it's the pre-event and post-event communication is really the key for sponsors and for CPG brand manufacturers that are running activations. And that's really, I would say the biggest value that we do bring is that ability to push to the right audiences at the right time, pre and post, that continued engagement, if you will, that drives them from Super Bowl to Outback Steakhouse or whatever it may be, post game. Um, it's a continued flow of known user base and interest. How do you generate uh, revenue um, off, off of off FanPass? Yep, same as all the other ones. There's an annual license for the platform, and we get paid each time a pass goes out the door. Are you able so, to talk about, not specifically for Hadwin, but maybe in general? Because typically I know when the first person usually, first couple of people usually get the best deal, but eventually, where do you think you'll be on an annual license for FanPass or something like that? Do you guys have a sense of that yet? No, that truly depends, George, on what, what we're doing. Is this, are you managing this? Are we managing this? Um, what does that look like as far as content and updates? There, there's too many variables to even discuss uh, what, what an enterprise or a DIY license would look like at this point. All right, switching from your entertainers and celebrities, you announced uh, your Pass Pro, your enterprise grade wallet pass SaaS platform, um, which is, I think, almost on the other end of the spectrum. Tell us about, tell us about what that is, because obviously, look, there's a lot going on in these press releases and, the, and we're all just kind of wrapping our minds around wallets to begin with, let alone enterprise grade SaaS platforms. Yeah, well, PassGrader has the largest DIY platform, which is fantastic because it's low touch. Do it yourself, uh, everybody at home. Yep, it's self-managed, exactly. You, you create your own passes, you issue your passes, you provide all, all the work. Where we were starting to get a lot of interest from a lot of the clients was, hey, look, we would like an enterprise solution with 
customization and integration and management of data and whatnot. Um, that's where we, we built the hub, if you will, that it's a convergence now of past creators, wallet pass technology and the Foby AI data technology blended into one. Um, as you're well aware, we made a significant investment in the team last year for many reasons. Um, now we're starting to see the rewards of that uh, through the managed services of PassPro. Um, it's now, it, it gives us the ability to compete on both levels. What's the competition, it's interesting to compete. What's the competition like uh, at the enterprise level? Uh, is, is Foby leading the way there or are you in, you in some tough competition? No, no, this, this is our clear differentiator in the marketplace. And like I said, George, at the end of the day, we are an AI and data analytics company at heart. It's our ability to integrate and combine different touch, touch points and infrastructure. Um, like anything, there's lots of wallet companies out there that do different things. But uh, for us, no, this was a big flag in the ground. Do you ever look back and say it's amazing where you started? Uh, even a, even a year and a half ago, when you and I started together, and just the chain of pieces you keep adding on to your to your to your tech stack. No, I don't look back. I only look forward. And for me, I'm very very. I've been very clear. That's one thing that people say. Well, you know, you guys are doing a lot of things, a lot of areas. Yes, yes, we are. Um, and that's the benefit of having a truly agnostic technology stack. Uh, these are wash, rinse, repeat, pick, pick a vertical, pick an opportunity. We're replicating what we've already built. We build tiny microservices off of that, which enable us to customize and create these new products and experiences. So now I don't really look back, George. I'm very, very focused on the future. I'm all, I mean, that's why I made these bets on digital wallets and these technologies. There's other uh, industries now that, uh, we're starting to look at is as we move into 2024 and beyond. Um, but no, I don't. Uh, I don't really focus on the past. I can't change the past. I'm more focused on you know learning from history and looking down the road. Yeah. By the way, I, I, I referenced that more in case of you just kind of reminisce more than not not like having any regrets about the past. But no, I got it. You're looking forward. So let's talk about looking forward. You know, since you bring it up, you've been way ahead of the curve all this time. What do you see for Foby 18 months down the road? Where, or I don't know if you're able to share that. Maybe you want to keep that, you want to keep your cards close to your chest. But with the extent of what you can share, where do you see the development continue? There's for me, um, obviously, it's going to around the core technology, which is IoT, data, and, and wallet. That's our core infrastructure. You know, I think the blockchain is, is becoming a big part of the, the tech stock and utilization as well. Um, DeFi will become a very big focus as we've previously um, you know, made some release around that element. Um, you know, I think for us, George, it's, <clears throat> I look at uh, open banking as well is another um, very interesting proposition. So for me, it's about transformation. That's why we've been successful is we've seen a huge digital transformation right now and will continue to for the next decade, for sure, at least, uh, as these groups try to push towards this change. And that's why we're, we're in a very strong position is 
we're that enabling technology that takes them from yesterday, today, but more importantly, with the future roadmap. You know, I'm glad you kind of said that about this decade. I think it's longer. So people, you recently have been asking the last couple of months, hey, George, what do you think of the NASDAQ? And a lot of, a lot of tech stocks have been risk off. Values have kind of fallen a little bit. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? Is the game over? And I say, look, we are going to go through a digitization cycle for the next 20 years. So looking back at what happened at the end of 2021 and beginning of 2022, is going to be irrelevant because we're going blockchain, we're going NFT, we're going metaverse. Data is going to provide digital identity and data is just going to multiply, multiply, multiply to the until it's the most granular of granular until until you know somehow that I, I drank this. You can't see it. This bottle of water, you know. I mean, until we get to that point where everything's digitized, I don't worry about I don't worry about today. Uh, and I guess you're kind of echoing that, Rob. Yeah, is it over? That's comical. That's a that's a good one. <laughs> um, no, George, it's it's just beginning. Like this is the exciting part, and I'm not just talking about Foley. I'm talking about this new digital transformation across all of these different disruptive um, offerings, and it is just beginning. You know, you, you look at um, someone who I have a lot of respect for is Doug Schweitzer um, from Alberta. And, you know, when you see the tech scene in Calgary, I mean, it's uh, absolutely amazing where, where they've come from in the last three years when the province has invested so much into the tech support and, and infrastructure there and the AI and, and blockchain and all these different, uh, you know, sectors you mentioned here. This is, tech's never been stronger. It's, it's really just beginning. And when we start to look at now the convergence of the DeFi space, um, you know, to, to really the real world, I call it, if you will, that um, bridges that gap of future innovation and disruption and that uh, we're looking to play a very, very big part there. So yeah. I'm truly just it's exciting to me. I mean, markets go up and down. I mean, they go in cycles and daily, weekly, monthly. People, I mean, <sighs> I think their blood pressure would do a lot better if they just shut their book and not look at the stock price every five minutes and, and worry about the markets. And that's the, the problem. Everything now is about uh, short-term reward. And well, that's, that's why conversations like this are so important, right? It's, all, it's up to us to provide some perspective, not financial advice. I want to be very clear for everybody, but it's very important for us to provide perspective. And for me, I'll tell, you know, just look, and I, I left, law, successful family business 25 years ago, almost April's going to be 25. People thought I was crazy, but I just saw tech where tech was going. I said, I got to be a part of this. And it was the best decision I ever made. So today when people ask me, Hey, George, what do you think is going on? I say, guys, the, the transition we saw from the real world to web one back in the late nineties, which was a blow away. Hey, suddenly this guy named Rob could sell clothes and compete with, you know, Hudson's Bay. Nobody believed that. And it happened. I think the transition now, the next 10 years, is going to be five times crazier than what we saw on Web 1. So I don't worry, but I just I just want to make sure the companies uh, that I'm involved with, their business plan is intact and moving. As long as it's intact and moving and progressing, then I don't worry about anything. No, we're, we're, we're moving. And on that note, a vertical that you entered, because earlier on you said, 
we're taking our tech and we're and we're entering verticals. Uh, verticals. So Abbott's Butcher, this market deal with Abbott's Butcher, which is a premium U.S. plant plant based uh, protein company. Cuples uh, to provide the Cuples coupon platform. Um, what I found interesting about that is they were looking to offer digital coupons. They evaluated several options and they settled on Cuples. They, they said from the press release that uh, Cuples is an industry leader in digital coupons. Um, that was great to hear. Let's talk about Cuples a little bit. Well, let's talk about this specifically, what are you going to do for Abbott's Butcher? Because they're in over 800 stores and growing. <laughs> and then and then where, where does, have you entered the plant-based you know the plant-based vertical no no we're we yeah, we've entered it in a big way so you have to understand some george it's the same side of it it's uh segmentation of data you know people that are vegetarian vegan whatever classification you, you want to put yourself under health conscious um it's that uh segmentation piece that gives us the ability to market to the right people Obviously, if I'm vegan and I'm walking through the, the checkout or send promotions in there for pick one, pork chops, ribeye steaks, whatever, it uh, becomes a little offensive and obviously it's a detriment to, to the retail brand. So the ability to break down and target to the right audience, uh, we've built a huge base now of users that are looking specifically for those, those uh, promotions and manufacture discounts and stuff. So now it's becoming a, a very big part of the Cuples business and the whole 8112 element of the integration. Um, as I talked about future, it was 8110 now to 8112. Cuples is that hub and gateway. For those that haven't seen our WebEx that we did, um, go back, take a look at uh, Randy and Eddie, uh, CEO of Cuples, did an amazing job, Eddie's solo. Uh, I think my today. So the WebEx will give you a lot of insight around that new transformation. And that was the key for my acquisition of Cuples. As companies are looking to move, they look to hold a hand. And Cuples is that big hand that enables them to walk across the bridge. So you're going to see a lot more to come from Cuples um, in the next bit here around some of the largest manufacturers. Let's talk about how this is going to roll out, so we give people a sense for how this part, how this you know this marketing deal is going to work. There are over 800 retail and food service locations across the U.S., including Whole Foods. So, does Abbott's Butcher goes back to those retail and food service locations? And say, hey, we want to, you know, we want to implement our. How does it work? How do they, how do they get the their partners to work with them on the Cuples implementation? Yeah, so as part of the Cuples deal, we have um, the Grocery Coupon Network, GCN. So as the same side of it, it's a media buy, right? Um, you go on, you register, you go on, you get all of your promotions now. You can pick five, six, seven different promotions. And with the back end now that Cuples is built, you now have one barcode. All of those promotions are unified, if you will, into a single barcode. So I walk up to the till, I'm not having to go swipe, swipe, or pulling out these paper coupons. It's a single scan of a barcode, and those are all attributed back to you on the back end for clearing. So it's a leading technology that these guys have built. And like I said, the, the, the public here will get to learn a lot more about 
pupils and, and the technology and the customers as this is about to ramp up in a big way. Yeah, I was about to ask. It sounds like pupils is maybe getting to that ramp up point. Does does a, does an announcement like this just get the phone ringing from both other plant based food companies? Because obviously they all follow each other, so they must. I'm assuming somebody saw this said, "Who are these phobie guys? What's this pupils thing? Let's let's call these guys." And on the same side, does it also get retail food service also calling you up and saying, "Hey, we just noticed this. Let's call these guys up, see how we can work with them." That's important. Yeah, that's the important one too, because the manufacturers are looking for locations to drive it to. So that's the same side of it. We see certain regions or states have higher usage. Then, yeah, it's connecting that, uh, ultimately connecting the brand to the consumer and the consumer to the retailers. So it's a three-legged stool. Uh, you know, we're providing the uh, architecture of the stool, if you will, that enables all that construct to happen. And lastly, we probably don't need to go into deep detail about it because it seems like this coverage is just more of the same, which is great. Uh, strategic partnership with Barnett Technologies, but they're more on obviously on the uh, liquor, cannabis, uh, grocery side. But again, another just another great uh, partnership that should be generating that should help generate significant revenue. Well, for us, this is a very very big one because it's our it'll be our first integration um, with the wallet. Uh, and the point of sale in the liquor and beverage industry. So this will provide the next evolution of loyalty. Uh, there's other elements to it that I can't really speak to yet, but um, no, very exciting opportunity for us. It's the, just, I can say it's highly regulated industries in which they sit in with convenience and liquor and cannabis and grocery. So there's uh, a few other things that we're working on that uh, as a result and why this kind of came together so the, the regulated industries are a big opportunity. Uh, they're all independent, of course, which um, you know, from a, a data aggregation standpoint is challenging for some groups. So it's a well-positioned opportunity for us and Barnett Technologies uh, have an amazing development team. And uh, it's, it's been a pleasure to, to early stages here to, to get things going and off the ground working with them. And I guess you kind of allude to something's going to be coming. Are you able to talk to us now, not about what's coming, but how does teaming up with Barnett bring in more customers to generate more revenue? If you kind of give us a bit of a roadmap there. Well, Barnett, Barnett is the leader in the, in, in BC. They own lion's share of the market here for the independent liquor retailers. So that uh, is extremely, extremely valuable. As we said, I mean, that was the premise of uh, the company early days was being able to aggregate that independent marketplace that which is exciting here for me is now the ability to layer on the data and the wallet technology. Um, and, and as I said here, George, there's, these are the regulated industries where of course, um, selling to the right people or not is very crucial and uh, something that uh, we've been, been working on here. So I'll end off with this. I know what it tells you, but what should it be telling investors that you've got Abbott's Butcher in one vertical, Barnett Technologies, another vertical. Uh, you've got Adam Hadwin in the athlete and celebrity vertical. What should that be telling investors about the tentacles of Phoebe and how it, should, they, it just seems to keep growing and growing and growing? Well, the possibilities and the technology that we've built and that are replicating now over and over and over 
are truly endless. You know, each and every day, every week, there, there's new, new products, new ideas that are simply just redressed up of what we've already built. So it's that speed and agility here. That's, um, you know, that's the exciting part to me. The, the heavy lifting has been done. Now it's all about the art of what's possible. And that's uh, where we do best for sure. If you listen to, I mean, we haven't covered this here, but Square, we did our Square uh, integration and partnership release uh, the other week. That's been a great success. Go, I would encourage people to go listen to our podcast uh, to listen to what Cave's had to say about that. Uh, that's all the validation you need to hear is when you're looking at considering investing in the phobie, is that validation uh, from that Square podcast. Yeah. That, that's what gets me excited. Yeah, and Square, we're going to do is a standalone on its own. I figure let the first 30, 45 days kind of pass by just to see how that develops and then just have a, a standalone discussion about that. But Rob, it's amazing. It's uh, and what are we here? February the 10th. <laughs> and, and it feels like you've just put out a mountain of great news. Uh, you know, it's just great news. There's more business being won, more business being won, more third party validation. And it's only February the 10th or so in 2022. So um, I, I usually say, I can't wait to see what you could do for the whole year, but it seems like to me, it's like, how about if I just keep it to the month of February for now? And then the month of March, as opposed to looking down a year. But safe to say, you're happy with the pipeline. Uh, everything looks great. Things are going extremely well. Like I said, George, the, this is the fun part now that the heavy lifting's done. Um, now this is all about new innovation and interoperability of connecting dots. And we're uh, extremely well positioned to do this. And it's something that we can do very, very quickly. Uh, which is key. Um, and we're, when I look at the opportunity, as you said early, where we began of 90% of our time will be spent in the wallet. Um, I'd reiterate and emphasize again that uh, I would argue it's 100 that uh, we will see this. The tech, um, NASDAQ's not dying. Tech is just starting. And as I alluded to here, there's a lot of new uh, verticals and opportunities that we can plug into what we're doing as you've seen and witnessed here in the last four to five weeks already in the new year. And each uh, one of those announcements just brings on more now, just brings on more uh, opportunities within those verticals. That's the amazing virality point about this. It is, it's a versatility, but you know, people have to understand too, each pass that goes out, we get paid. So this slowly starts to tick and tick and tick and tick. And then we grow that huge user base. The user base turns into now opportunities to segment audiences to create personalized engagement, deliver content such as Abbott Butcher to known users. This is our, like I said, the, the Facebook of social. We're bridging that now across all platforms, e-commerce, in-store, and mobile commerce. I love the fact that you're saying that the heavy lifting is done and this is the fun part. And I'm assuming fun part means next couple of years now. You spent a long time in the trenches before people even knew who Rob was, who Loop Insights was at one point, now Phoebe, to develop, to get the product. You had a vision. A lot of people thought you were crazy, like most people think visionaries are a couple, two, three, four years ago. But here you are today, perfectly positioned, and uh, and the news just keeps rolling. Congratulations, Rob. I can't wait to see what you do for the rest of February, let alone the rest of the year. Thanks, George.
To everybody at home, you've been watching or if you've listened by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform, to Rob Anson, CEO of FOBI AI, trades in Canada under FOBI for our friends in the US, FOBIF. For those who are new to the story, because you keep seeing the headlines over and over again, two ways to do your due diligence, get to the company's profile page in Agoracom. Look, there's so much going on with FOBI. We give you a good 1,000 foot overview so you can really try to wrap your arms around it. But then to do your deep dive due diligence from there, link over to the FOBI website. That's where you do your deep dive due diligence. If you believe in the future of digitization, of wallet pass technology, of big data, data analytics, engagement, personalize, all of that, then you've got to do your research into FOBI. Just don't say 12 months from now, we didn't tell you so. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, this video is over, but don't forget to help your company by liking it and then leaving a comment below. And then don't forget to help yourself by subscribing to our channel so you don't ever miss another great Agoracom small cap video.